0: You can start a new recording right from your mobile device. They also have convenient creation tools that allow you to edit your audio files so they sound crisp and great. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, letting listeners find your show almost everywhere, including Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several others. And best of all, it's free. There are no hosting fees or monthly subscriptions or minimum listener counts, just an easy to use platform to get your podcast out there at no cost to you. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm today to get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast, a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. I'm your host, Brad Gray, and this is episode number 23. I'm sitting here in my hotel room a few hours after the last words have been uttered from the pulpit at the two thousand and eighteen G three conference in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, I just figured I'd put on my headphones really quick and just sort of think out loud uh, about what's transpired, about what's been said, and you know sort of where I look to go from here, what are the uh, ramifications, what's the aftermath? Of this conference, you know, sometimes you can get caught up in sort of the allure and sort of all the events and the lights and everything that goes on at a conference, a Christian conference, and sometimes you don't, you don't apply those things to your quote-unquote normal Christian life. And so, I wanted to do that now and just try to encourage you, if you didn't go, I encourage you if you did go, and to sort of think through some of the things uh, that I heard. Before I get into that, today's show is brought to you, of course, by the Christian Standard Bible. The Christian Standard Bible offers an optimal blend of accuracy and readability, which inspires lifelong discipleship and helps readers make a deeper connection with God's Word. To find out more about the Christian Standard Bible, go to csbible.com. I know I was extremely blessed to bring my CS Bible with me throughout this conference. I found myself turning to it often and finding words and phrases and verses there that I will carry with me um, throughout the next few years and days of my life. Um, this was my first time attending the G3 conference. I've been to other Christian preaching conferences and whatnot, and, um, but this was my first time here. Uh, and Everywhere I went I looked around uh, sort of green-like. I had bright eyes just wanting to take everything in. It was a this is definitely the biggest conference I have ever been to. I don't know the final tally of the attendees. Uh, I think Derek Thomas, during one of his talks, sort of guesstimated about 2,500. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I would guess in between 2,500 and 3,000 people were in attendance. Um, so it was definitely a big conference. Lots of people and lots of things to see, lots of things to uh, to learn, lots of 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 booths and vendors to um get involved with to make connections with and yet despite all of that sort of newness all of sort of the bigness of this event it somehow it somehow felt very familiar somehow felt very um at home it somehow felt very at home and i think that's what stood out to me the most You know, at least amongst the attendees for sure, just how familiar everything felt and how just how really instant the connections were with those that I was able to meet. You know, I'm so grateful for the people I was able to come in contact with and for the people I was able to meet in person. You know, it's funny. In uh, the 21st century, we have this new paradigm of connecting and calling people your friends uh, who you never meet in person, Twitter friends or Facebook friends, Instagram friends, etc. But it was really good to sort of meet some of those people uh, who are in attendance that I've been friends with uh, via online relationships. And I've been following and been encouraged by, um, you know, with our blogs or podcasts or whatnot. And and finally, I was able to meet them in person. Uh, that was um, really encouraging. And that's what makes conferences like these, I think, very enriching and just very uplifting is uh, meeting people uh, like that is is in befriending you know guys, perhaps you might already know, but you can now know on a deeper level in, in a more intimate way um, and I was very encouraged by that uh, just the solidarity of the people, um, but also I would say the sincerity of the song services um, each time the worship was opened with song, I was just very blessed and blown away by the sincerity of. The leaders of the singers of the um instrumentalists um you could tell that they weren't doing this for show they weren't doing this for any type of acclaim to themselves um but they were moved and they were even at awe at the power of worship uh the power of singing in worship and uh that was really cool. The song services really made this you know you know a conference i I won't soon forget. Um, the songs were heartfelt. They were ideal uh, for engendering a worshipful heart, a worshipful mindset, a, a heart and a mind that is ready to hear the Word of God opened um, You know, through hymns, through special music. They were both on point. They were powerful. They were um, songs that were uh, well chosen and well performed and all to the glory of God. Um, I was, I was very blessed, uh, very blessed by the music and the singing. Um, likewise, uh, each uh, speaking session I was able to hear was incredibly powerful in their own distinct ways. You know, it was awesome to see and hear guys um, like Paul Tripp and Stephen Lawson and Vody Balcom and H.B. Charles and Derek Thomas and James White and Tim Challies and on and on and the many others who spoke and presented um, it was a blessing, it was encouraging to see these men uh, talk and preach, and even though I didn't get to hear every single session, um, what I figured I'd do through the majority of the rest of this short podcast, um, I figured I'd just walk through some of my favorite talks and, and uh, some of the quotes that I scribbled down on my iPad as I was listening. Um, I'll start perhaps with you know my favorite quote of the entire conference, um, it's actually something Paul Tripp said. On the, actually the very first day, uh, during his first talk, he was, um, he, he began and he said, every horizontal human dysfunction is rooted in vertical brokenness. Let me repeat that, because I think it's important. Every horizontal human dysfunction is rooted in vertical brokenness. Now that has, you know, a vast array of applications and a vast array of, nuances that we could take out of that quote, out of that phrase, out of that truth, really. But I think what's most important is realizing that the brokenness that we see, the dysfunction that we see, the chaos that we see all around us through people that don't know God is a result of their fractured relationship with God. Even people who don't, you know, even people who don't believe in God, they are making a albeit erroneous, but they're making a very theological statement by saying they don't believe that God exists. And as a result of the fall, as a result of sin, and that's why our relationships must be bathed in the gospel because it's the gospel of grace that restores the vertical relationship which will in, then in turn restore our horizontal relationships. Chaos, the chaos of this world, the mayhem of our society, of our culture, can only be relieved by the mercy of God. The mercy, you know, that meets us in our messy ministries, that meets us in our messy lives. You know, quite frankly, the mercy that meets us in our mayhem. And that's what is amazing about that phrase, about that truth, that every horizontal human dysfunction is rooted in vertical brokenness, it is a great reminder, I think, that um, the ministry is about restoring the vertical. It's about restoring the relationship between God and man, which will then fuel and then overflow into human relationships. And we must get those in the proper order. And throughout both of Paul Tripp's talks, I was supremely encouraged uh, by his emphasis on gospel parenting you know i was recently gifted his book i think it is just called parenting um but uh, i haven't been able to crack it open and now i'm definitely going to uh, i feel like these were talks taken right out of his book um but he spoke um both times really on the nature of gospel parenting and just what that means what that looks like um and what that means especially in a a in a 21st century society um you know as a new parent one of the things one of the chief things I'm thinking through uh how both Natalie and I are thinking through is how will parent and disciple our daughter um how'll we'll, we'll discipline her how we will teach her the gospel in various scenarios in various ways and not just make her a a well behaved young lady but make her a a young lady who is is deeply entrenched in the gospel love that not just Natalie and I have for her, but deeply entrenched in the love that Jesus has for her, because that's what's most important. And the gospel, obviously, has vast ramifications for this, for for parenting. And indeed, I would say if our parenting is founded on, is is based in, and is, is motivated by anything else other than the gospel, We'll be parenting in ourselves, in our own strength, and th- th- you know the truth is, my strength, my ability, my um, my power to parent my daughter is absolutely puny. Is it is paltry. It is pathetic when it comes to lasting change in her heart. Um, trying to change my daughter in and through my own abilities doesn't result in any lasting change at all. It doesn't result in anything that goes beyond the four walls of a room. It doesn't go beyond anything other than that. It just might scare her for for a while. It might make her um, be quote unquote more obedient for a season, but that doesn't get at the root of my daughter's problem. Because the root of my daughter, the the root uh, the root problem of my daughter, like it is with anyone else who has ever existed, is the heart. My heart is the problem. Her heart is the problem. And unless we are going after the hearts of our children, um, we will be failing as parents. I know that, and I say that as a young parent, but I know that it is true, that uh, my, my sole focus must be and I must aim at going after my daughter's heart. Um, and I can't do that in my own strength. I can't be the person that tries to, to change her. And this goes right back to another thing that Paul Tripp said that I found so extremely encouraging is the fact that that's not even my calling. That's not my job description. He said, um, this is from Paul Tripp's first talk again, he said, moms and dads aren't the change agents of their kids' lives. They're the representatives of the change agent. As moms and dads, Uh, 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 Me and Natalie are not called to be the agent of change in Lydia's life. We are called to represent the agent of change, that is, the Holy Spirit, which points to Christ alone for her. We're not called to make sure that she uh, changes her behavior. We're called to represent Jesus, the Savior, who is the only person that can change her from the inside out. Because um, I don't want just a, a, a daughter who is well-behaved all the time, um, but doesn't have a good heart, who doesn't have a love for God and an understanding of who she is in the face of God. I want her to be a a sinner, yes, who is broken, but a sinner who knows that they have been redeemed and bought and changed by the love and the blood of Christ, um, and I do that not by forcing that on her, and we we don't do that by 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 uh, in, putting instilling fear in her because of who we are, or what we might do through bribery and any such thing. Um, we do that by representing Jesus, by reflecting Jesus, and the way that we discipline, and the way that we nurture, and the way that we talk. And so, even now, I'm I, I think what has most been on my mind is thinking through just those things, thinking through okay, how do I go about doing this? Um, both of Paul Tripp's talks were just really, really um, amazing at um, getting at the heart of that, getting at the heart of parenting uh, in the gospel way. Um, and likewise, uh, another statement that Tripp made uh, that I'm sure, and, and actually that I I pray becomes the fulcrum, that becomes the crux of my own parenting is is this, he said, what's stopping you from being a tool of grace in the life of your child isn't their heart, it's your heart. What's stopping you from being a tool of grace in the life of your, chi- of your child isn't their heart, it's your heart. That is powerful to me. Um, so often and I think, uh, you know, as parents we can get into this mindset of, Man, look at those kids. When I was 13, I never acted that way. When I was such and such an age, I was never doing those things. That's a problem with my heart. That's not a problem with those kids' hearts, with those teenagers' hearts, etc. I want to be a parent that realizes that I'm just as broken. My heart is just as sinful. My heart and my life is just as wicked as my child's. I am in the same need... Of my daughter, Lydia, for the same grace, were uh, at the same level before this foot of the cross, and unless I consciously think that way, I'll always be parenting in the wrong way, with the wrong motives i I, I, I think that's what stood out to me the most that that um, actually it leads into something else that Tripp said. he said, "Good parenting doesn't begin with us rescuing our children." It begins with God rescuing us from us. <laughs> the way that we become that, that i I'm learning to become a good parent is realizing that that God needs to rescue me first in every aspect of my life in every area of my life he, from being a just a good godly man to being a good husband to being a good father he it starts with myself realizing with God instilling in me this deep need of being rescued from myself. And I'm just so appreciative of of, of, of Paul Tripp's emphasis on that. Uh, as a new parent, I it could not have been more applicable, uh, more timely for, for me to hear that, to um, be uh, enriched by that. It was very encouraging. Um... I'm definitely going to listen to those two tr- talks by Tripp uh, many more times. I'm going to pick up his book on parenting. I'll put that link in the show notes so you can uh, pick that up for yourself, too, uh, if you like. Um, moving on, though, I was I was moved in a similar way, um, but in a different way, um, though, by Dr. James White's session in which he talked on the text in the canon of Scripture. Uh, Dr. White's talk was, pretty technical it was pretty uh, academic um, uh, he was going through uh, the languages you know the the various different ways that the Greek text has been translated um, and he but he presented everything in such a way um, that it made it extremely applicable and understandable to uh, not only the commonplace person but also for a person like me who uh, doesn't know the original languages nor is a textual critic in any sense of the term. <laughs> Um, Dr. White made a fantastic argument and just clearly presented his topic, and it has inspired me, uh, even to research, um, and investigate, uh, this topic of the canon and of the translations of scripture for myself. That's something I'm looking forward to doing over the next several months, um, I'll, I'll, he, I picked up one of his books I'll definitely put that in the show notes as well if you're interested in that topic um, lastly though and uh, just to keep this podcast brief um, but in uh, but by no way is this means uh, is this the least and just so I can keep this uh, podcast brief I um, this is you know, by, by no means the least of the um, powerful sermons, but I was able to see and hear Dr. Stephen Lawson for the first time from uh, One Passion Ministries. I've only really been introduced to Dr. Lawson's ministry in the recent year, primarily uh, through his um, his own impact on my dad's ministry and my dad's preaching. Um, but, so I was, I was really excited to see and hear him for myself, uh, to, uh, be under his teaching, be under his preaching. And I just have to say, both of Dr. Lawson's talks were, were just exceptional. Um, they were so, um, expositional and, and scripture, uh, scripture heavy, um, which is not, that is not a bad thing in, by any means. It's, it's never a bad thing when a sermon has a lot of scripture in it, um, and it's exactly what I think that I needed. What um, was so amazing and what I was perhaps most impressed with with uh, both of Lawson's uh, talks was his seldom use of any anecdote or any illustration at all. And, you know, by seldom, I mean never. <laughs> both of his talks, it was just flat out text. It was, the, it was the text of scripture. It was the Bible no illustrations, no, no stories, no um, no uh, cute, funny ways of presenting his topic or making sure you understand his themes. It was the Bible. It was the text. And that's it. He was just expounding the Word of God. And that's not to say that um, stories or illustrations or if you put those in your sermons that are they're somehow bad or they're somehow wicked and that they're not good for preaching uh, good, uh, or preaching well, I should say. Um, but as preachers, our job isn't to proclaim our stories as much as it is to proclaim Jesus's story. And we find Jesus's story in His Word, in His truth, in the Bible, in Scripture. That's the story we need to be telling. That's the story we need to be proclaiming. And yes, we should make application at when necessary, when um, when it's when it's at the right times of when how Jesus's story uh, intersects with our story for sure but Jesus's story must must shine forth as the most brilliant it must get the most attention not the ways that you know maybe we've been changed but the way that Jesus has saved us the 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 grand Way that Jesus's redemption had, was carried out from the beginning of time through even now, um, Lawson, Doctor Lawson, just let the text dictate his message, and I came away just so amazed by his expositional style and his just his mastery of preaching. Um, both of Doctor Lawson's talks really sought to encourage and enrich the disciple of God in the glory and holiness, and sovereignty of God the Father. And I I really appreciated what he said in his first talk. He said, discipleship is not a program. It's not about a plan. It's about a person. Let me say that again. Discipleship is not a program. It's not about a plan. It's about a person. So many times I think we can get caught up You know, with our scripture memory programs, with our devotional plans, and and, and we forget what this thing called discipleship is all about. It's about a person, it's about Jesus, it's about a relationship with Him, it's about a relationship with a person. This is what makes Christianity unlike any other religion in the world, in any other religion in the history of mankind, is the fact that we're not assenting, we're not believing, and we're not trying to um, obey some lifeless idol, some ethereal being that has no real presence. We are believing in a person who lived and breathed and died for us on a real cross, who bled real blood, who who gave His real life for you and me. That's what discipleship is. That's what discipleship should be. That was the theme of this year's conference, discipleship. And every talk, I think, spoke to that theme uh, in its own unique way. And I came away just super encouraged. I thoroughly enjoyed my time in Atlanta attending G3. And I look forward to attending this conference more in the future. I I don't know how um, I'll be able to do it, but I hope to make it an annual thing. I would say if you've never attended, I'd highly recommend attending this conference. You'll come away refreshed, uh, re-energized. You'll come away enriched and encouraged and I think really bolstered in your walk with God with a a renewed love and appreciation for the gospel. And... um, Christian fellowship and Christian brotherhood, um, and I think that's what will stay with me. That that's what will stick with me. Um, those things I, I look forward to uh, reminiscing on this more in the coming weeks. To revisiting some of these talks um, as they're made available online, I'll be sure to put as many resources as I can in the show notes so that you can take full advantage. Of anything you might be interested in, um, I hope this was an encouragement to you. I hope that um, you were encouraged by something that I said. <laughs> but I look forward to um, look forward to uh, doing this again uh, sometime in the future. Uh, that's it for today's episode of Ministry Minded. Thanks so much for listening along. If you like what you just heard, be sure to follow the show on Twitter at underscore ministry minded. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes. SoundCloud, and you can also uh, subscribe on YouTube as well. Uh, Thanks again to the Christian Standard Bible for sponsoring the show. And thank you, as always, for listening, commenting, and subscribing. I'll see you on the next episode. Blessings.